This is a story of me. This is probably a part to expecting some narrative featuring teen angst. Maybe I fancy a boy who doesn't fancy me. My story is nowhere near as exciting. You see, I don't leave a house, or at least I barely do. I may look like every other teenager, but I'm not. I have Emmy, which is some other name, which is super long and be knackering just to say. You have just heard a short segment from Emmy, myself and I, and today we are talking to Malia. Hi Malia, thanks for joining us over Skype for a chat. We have myself Tom, Andy, John, Olivia and Henry here to have a chat with you. Hi Malia, how did you feel when you first received the news about your condition? Well, when I first got diagnosed, I was like, I, I, th- I took it a lot easier than I thought I was going to take it. I thought when I went there, if I got told that I had it, it was going to be like my whole world falling down. But re- I realised that actually it was so much relief that I felt afterwards because for so long, no one believed me. No one, no one thought that there was anything wrong with me, that it was all in my head or in my mum's head. And I knew that there was something wrong. I knew there was for so long. It, was, it just got so bad. And to be told by someone that I have got it was was what I needed because I needed that for school as well, for them to do anything for me at school, for, for me to receive any kind of help. I needed that diagnosis. So it really helped me a lot. And how old were you at the time? Um, it was only really recently that I got diagnosed with it. It was actually okay. on, on November the 20th. Right. It is recent then. Yeah. How old were you in it when it when you first started getting the symptoms? Um, well, it was at the end of year seven, so I was 12, 12 13. Um, uh, well, that was when the symptoms started causing problems for me. But I think that what longer than that, there was always looking back, there were signs and things that I wasn't. I wasn't as like healthy as other children were. I was always getting everything, and so. Um, but then maybe we just thought that we were just that I was just a child that was just normal. It was only when um, things started taking a drastic turn with school and my sporting because I absolutely adored sport. I literally went to every single club there was every single day of the week. I was doing a different sport, athletics, the whole lot. I was coming home with certificates with broken records for um, running, javelin, everything. And I loved it. It was my passion. And when I stopped being able to do sport because of my health, because I was, I started to faint after, um, races and things like that I it started to come really evident um afterwards as well after I'd done something the next day I was in absolute agony and everyone else who was doing sports day the next day they could all go back to school but I couldn't because I was just in so much pain everywhere and for so long I thought that well it was just maybe it was just me I I wasn't there wasn't anything wrong with me I was in denial for a long time that there was anything wrong with me because I'm so hardy so no I'm going to get out there and do it anyway I'm going to show them all wrong that kind of personality and when I stopped being able to do the things that I wanted to do it was really hard and so for, for all that time um it it took well it took a long long time for um, me to realize for me to accept that there was anything wrong with me and then as soon as I accepted it we pushed and pushed and pushed for a diagnosis because it was what I needed 
Did you find any medication helped you in any way? Um, no, not really. Well, I'm on antidepressants, which help my mood, which in turn help my me the cycle that basically there's a cycle with me i depression comes along with me and along with a lot of other things as well but um that is one thing i've had to battle and so there's a cycle i get depressed because i can't do anything and then i don't want to do anything so then i'd lay in bed and do nothing and then i get worse i get like because i i, I get stiff and i don't do anything and all my muscle have literally has gone now because of that um but I've never found any medication really that stops the pain. Paracetamol doesn't even really. And it, you, you have to keep on taking it, keep on taking it. And it doesn't ever feel like it, it helps to what you need it to help. It doesn't ever go away completely. And I get really bad joints and muscle pains. And, well, I'm in agony now because I've actually got a kidney infection, which I get quite a lot because of my immune system being so weak. Um, but no, other than the antidepressants, I've not had any medication that's helped. And the antidepressants help only because they take the edge off the depression. And then so I've got a little bit more motivation to do things, which is what I need as well. Do you like have anything you do that like helps you cope with it? Um, distraction. Distraction copes with the thoughts of like self-loathing because you've got this horrible condition and you can't do all the things you want to do. You can't do all the things that you used to be able to do. Distraction is the main thing, really. With music, um, with, well, drama. I absolutely love drama. Drama is amazing because I can get, I can be some, anyone else, anyone else at all, a fictional a fictional character anyone I can just be that person for half an hour or 10 minutes even and not myself which is really therapeutic for me I do use it as a sort of therapy but um I can't really do that much now because I'm not at school because school has been has proven really really hard at the moment but I'm getting back on track and I'm going to start going back to school and things like that so drama will be one of the top things up there that I will go out and do straight away as soon as I'm there um but other things just keeping yourself occupied even just I I don't know being with friends sometimes can drain me a lot but if I'm feeling low because of Emmy, then I will always like to. I'd always say to other people to surround yourself with people who will make you laugh and things like that. Even though that might make you really, really tired afterwards, and you might just need to sleep, um, it's a lot better than not doing anything and just feeling terrible and still feeling ill anyway. How did the school help in making life easier for you? Uh, well. They really didn't. They really didn't at all. <laughs> they they hadn't still. Um, I all there was always. I was always getting the impression that no one ever believed me. They were, I always thought that they were just looking at me like, oh, for God's sake, she's not going to lesson. She's not doing this because she's saying she's not well. But there isn't any evidence of her not being well because it is invisible, pretty much. When I'm in pain, they can't see the pain. There isn't no bruising or anything. I was always getting sent away. Oh, just go to lesson, go to lesson. Shrugged off, shrugged off all the time. Even by doctors and things like that, they were shrugging us off. But school really haven't helped 
me in any way because they didn't have any evidence before prior to the 20th of November that there was anything wrong and as soon as we got we got the diagnosis and we gave it to them they was like yeah yeah we've got everything we need we'll start sorting things out and it's been quite a long time and I'm still not back in school because things haven't quite been sorted out enough and I haven't been very well so I haven't actually seen any evidence of them trying to help in any way and they can't they don't send work home either they haven't sent any work home and we've asked numerous times you feel like you're always talking to a brick wall when you're talking to school because they might even acknowledge what the things that you've said but then like just forget about it as soon as you said it or that's what it's like because nothing ever changes after we go and speak to them what was the main factor you you think that um gave you the final diagnosis what tipped the balance do you think um well it was it got to the point where i was completely bedbound well i could i could get up i was was completely housebound i only went to got up to go to the toilet really i ate in bed i did I, i just lived in my bed i didn't go out at all and i was feeling so terrible and i still had no idea what was going on i didn't have a clue and so when me when I actually heard this uh, the, about this condition, I was it, it was on the radio and I was on the way to the hospital. They, that was the only time I left the house to go to a medical appointment, where they still weren't giving me any answers. But um, when we first heard about it, I was listening to the symptoms, I was listening to the stories, and I was I was dotting things in my head and I'm ticking and I was going, oh my god. It was like a realisation moment. I was like, this is the condition that I've got. Every, I, they say that you have to have five or six of the symptoms to be diagnosed with it, even though it takes a long, long time to get a diagnosis. You need that for the criteria, and I had every single one of them. And it, it that was the straw for us. As soon as we heard that, we was like, no, this is it. And we fought and fought and fought to get the diagnosis because we needed that diagnosis for the treatment that I needed. And now I've actually got treatment. So I'm going to physiotherapy um, for, and, I, and I've got, uh, and I'm at the chronic fatigue syndrome in Kings as well. So I've got the treatment that I need and I just need to use it and find it beneficial and get better. But I'm hoping that that's what's going to happen. I'm, I'm confident that I'm going to get better. Have you met anybody else with the condition in similar age to you? No, I haven't met anyone else um, of similar age to me. I, my granddad did actually get diagnosed with ME um, a few years ago and he had to come out of work for um, a couple of years. No, a duration of time. It was quite a long time um, and he was... Um, he, he he well I was really angry with him because he he knew about me and he he knew about me sort of he knew that I wasn't well and I thought that he really should have met like connected the dots and came and said maybe you know but we didn't even know that he had me until up to afterwards until I'd mentioned to mentioned to him um that I thought that this is what I had and he said oh I'd been diagnosed with that a few years ago and so it was like well thanks for telling me (laughs) have you had any 
serious challenges with since being diagnosed? Um, not since being diagnosed have I faced any challenges because of the diagnosis. I've faced a lot of challenges because of ME, but I've faced lots of challenges for a long, long time. And I think just because I got the diagnosis doesn't mean that was when I that was when I got it. That was when things started becoming difficult because. In actual reality, I needed that diagnosis for anything to change, for anything to get better. So I'm just seeing as every, everything now that happens after diagnosis is just as a stepping stone to getting better. So I'm not really seeing anything as a challenge. I mean, I know that I get ill and kidney infections and things like that. They are a challenge, but that's not because of the diagnosis or anything like that. That's because that's because of, of, that's just what comes with ME. <laughs> Um, when you like miss school, how did you feel about it? Um, obviously, I was held back. I mean, I'm really, um, I was really, really um, clever at school. Well, I still am clever, but it's the knowledge that I need. And when I don't go to school, I miss out on all of that information, and I also miss out on. Um, social information as well I always thought that I was four steps behind everyone because everyone was always talking about something and I had absolutely no idea what they were talking about because I was missing so much school and um, so it was really really hard actually and it still is really really hard because I'm in year 11 and I've got my GCSE exams um, this year and I've missed so much school it's going to prove extremely difficult to my exams because I've got really high expectations of myself and I want to do really well but I also struggle with actually getting to school and doing all the things I need to be doing to get there so that is a challenge as you could say for the last question uh, can I ask just uh, you kind of mentioned it a little bit there but if you could just uh, elaborate on obviously when you're in school you learn a lot of kind of like social skills and kind of uh, yeah, like community skills that you learn, like how, how has that affected you? Well, I was always, I got bullied in year seven, so I didn't really get on with people from school. So I was always like, I kept to the outside anyway, even when I was at school. But when I was there, I, I sort of, I had to have this bold sort of, I don't know, this character. I had to put that out there to stop me from, I don't know, I thought that maybe I was stronger when I was at school than I am now. I, I, I was more confident. And I, I think my anxiety has got a lot worse since I haven't been at school because I'm not always surrounded by lots of people. And so now, if I was to ever go out anywhere um, with, uh, with, I don't know, a fair amount of people, I always, I get nervous and I get and shy and I start backing away at school I didn't do it that much I mean I was always able to talk to people or was able to start communications with people even though we didn't we weren't like best friends or anything I was always able to do that and I find it a lot harder to do that with people face to face now and I think that is due to not being at school because I'm not constantly surrounded by other people in an ideal world uh, taking back, taking you back to say 11, 12 years old, what would have been a brilliant way of supporting you? Um, what a brilliant way of supporting me? Well, to be yeah, to be listened to, yeah. um, to 
to be to feel yeah to feel like when I was speaking to people and I was speaking completely truthfully these were serious problems that I was facing um serious issues and I was I then had to isolate myself because I didn't feel listened to and so it so when yeah so if a child comes up to you and is clearly struggling and not just you can normally tell I think but parents definitely for parents for children to tell their parents that you can normally tell when when they're faking when they're trying to like get a day off school or whatever to when they're really not well and when it starts becoming consistent not being tired but run down and also when you start things start changing when their social life start changing they stop going out as much they stop doing all of the the activities that they used to do that is a really massive thing and to be observational as well to just to yeah to be observant sorry i'm tired (laughs) to be observant and to notice these changes because it really does make a huge difference if i was if I was supported then, I wouldn't have suffered all this time and, and I, it would have been a lot easier to get over, I think, if I got over it when I was younger, if I felt listened to, felt that things were going to change. Okay, that's a great answer. Uh, w- what kind of a, a career are you looking for after school? <laughs> I really, really want to um, go and do something along the lines of theatre, drama, um, I want to go to um, a drama university um, when, for, after my A-levels in Birmingham, actually. I really want to do that. Um, and so that is where my career path is. That's, where I, that's my, cho- my preference, really. That's, where I want to, what, that's what I want to do. But I think it may be a bit difficult if I don't get over this. But I will. I've just got to be just got to be confident i've just got to be hopeful and be positive and everything will sort out oh we can hear a whispering mum in the background <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she i've said that she should speak and she said no she doesn't want to speak but she's given these sort of hints and, and hints. <laughs> that's a mum's job that's a mum's job little notes <laughs> no yeah she said that i'm very politically minded and I, that i'm very passionate about things um, I'm very passionate about animals. I love animals, and when think, when people are mean to animals, I get very very passionate about it. And and with yeah, and when I feel like people aren't being listened to, I'm very passionate about that. And I want to make a change. I want to do something that makes change to people. How do you feel um, about us making the film? I think it is absolutely brilliant. As soon as I heard about it, I thought, wow, this is amazing i really really did and when i started talking to tom about it and um and just finding out things and stuff like that that you that you were going to portray in the film and i actually got sent the script i was really really happy about that um I thought, no, I just I think it's an amazing, amazing idea, excellent, to bring awareness to a condition that not many people know about, not enough people know about. I mean, seriously, even doctors, doctors, really like high-up doctors are still not deciding to diagnose it because they don't know enough about it. So this film needs to go out there and to, to bring awareness because I also don't think that people are aware that teenagers... 
get it as well because a lot of doctors and stuff that we've gone and spoken to like in A&E for example I had to go to A&E a couple of times because of like of pain and things like that and not knowing what was going on and they've said oh yeah it's re- but it's really rare really rare though isn't it is it to get uh, ME in teenagers and that, but but it's not really rare it 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 happens like quite a lot and that's why people need to know about it and catch it before it gets worse well, it's like you were saying, the idea of that it uh, sometimes statistics are, are not correct because um, because it just means it's being missed. Yeah. The reason why they think that it's rare is because they are not paying attention to teenagers. That's because they're, they're, not, they're not listening. Yeah. I'm actually playing the main role in the film. Is there any, like, tips you can give me of how to, like, portray the character, kind of? Um really i don't know okay i love i love acting and things like that but it's it's difficult because i'm i'm not describing someone else's character i'm describing my own really because i felt so many similarities to that character when i read the script so many when i was reading it i was going oh my god this could have been written about me well we all know that the the constant feeling is fatigue so just tired, worn down. Um, but I think you you got everything down in the script. I, I really couldn't make have didn't have any faults for it. I thought it was really amazingly like written, and so I think that you'll just do amazing at doing it. Yeah, just, just, yeah. Do you uh, do you think just as a as like a as a, on a film side, uh, like. Uh, Emotion showing your character is there is there an issue with like with posture with the idea of that when you're not feeling the pain or not dealing with it at a time um, that your posture would change like kind of oh definitely definitely and... my back is actually because I've got no muscle in my back my back is actually bent so and that's because it never used to be like that so I know it's definitely because I'm not doing anything so the muscle is wearing away and I do I have I am. Um, I punch over when I'm sitting down, so every, I don't sit up, I can't sit up, it actually kind of hurts. So sitting down, be hunched over all the time, and standing up, um, I've sort of got a, an arch, but it's like a, a really bad arch. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's sort of something maybe, but I don't know if that's everyone, but that, that's definitely me. I ask about your poetry, because I know you do a bit of poetry, and you sent me a really brilliant poem that we've. Uh, I know Andy's read as well. And we're going to use it at the uh, at the end of the the film, aren't we? So, um, can I ask you, you know, is poetry a big interest, and does that help you through um, some of the tougher times? Yeah, well, actually, I always went to poetry when I was younger. Maybe not so much now. Actually, I don't really go to poetry as much. But that one time when I wrote that poem, I was feeling really, really energized, really passionate. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to do something, and. And I was feeling so terrible. So when I, it was nice to have that energy. And so I put it in a poem. And I really, honestly, wasn't even writing a, writing a poem. I was just writing. And it formed into a poem. And I was like, oh, my God. So, But when I was younger, I used to always go to songwriting and poems and things like that, writing about just, just things, just words just letting the thoughts in my head come out into paper and then I screwed most of them up because I didn't want people reading them. But but it's good to write, it's good to let things out. Well, I think that's been a fantastic uh, discussion with you and uh, I'm 
I'm amazed at how uh, well you put your thoughts across. It's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you should be like super proud. I think that is uh, speaking as someone that uh, has waited until I'm in my in my late twenties <laughs> to talk about to talk about Emmy and you know spread some word. You're doing it at 16, which I could not imagine doing at 16. So I think that's a massive testament to kind of to yourself. And uh, I'm hugely flattered that uh, you saw a bit elements of yourself in the in the film. Very flattered. Thank you very much to hear. Uh, it's nice to hear hear that. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for letting us interview you, and I'm sure we'll probably get back to you again. I think we would love nothing more than you to be like a guest of honor when we do the premiere. Yeah, because be even amazing. though. It will be a web series that will be online. We'll we've got a big screen at our our place of work. It's a cinema room, uh, so we'll have a premiere there. Where we'll invite all the cast and crew. So we would love uh, to somehow get you down to Definitely. North Wales or up to North Wales. <laughs> up to North Wales. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing! I love that. Love, love, love that. Thanks for talking to us today, Mark. Yeah, thank you for having me. No, thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Emmy, myself, and I podcast. Be sure to check out the series when it launches in the coming weeks.